When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are in the Marquis Cornwallis, is that right? How you pronounce it? Central London? Yes. It is. Central London, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Well, it's definitely how you pronounce Central London. Central yeah. London, I think, uh, people pronounce it. <laughs> it's a beautiful um, pub, isn't it? Christmas decorations out in full floor. Yeah, it's a delight. It's beautiful. Ta- it's taken us most of the working day to get here, of course, because it's London and it's miles away. Uh, I feel like we need to thank, thank the mines and shipyards for letting us out and giving us the day so we can make our trip <laughs> trip down south. And um, myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, joined by Richard Easterbrook as well. Hello, you all right? We are, and Richard's gone in on the rums nice and early. First pint of the evening. Yeah, not pint of rum. <laughs> well, you know, no. Although pints is kind of just like a metaphor now anyway. You're out for pints doesn't necessarily mean you're actually going to drink pints of lager. I find. Well, yeah. I mean, we'd, I, I don't want to go too early on the pints. There's a, a, a bloat. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And Richard is very bad at being hungover. Yeah. 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 We can't. We can't afford any any issues coming back. From no, when you're the driver, no. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can't be stranded in central London uh, past checkout time tomorrow. So. Um, what do we want to start? Where do we want to start? Do we tell, elaborate why we're here a little bit, or should we just let you know well, people feel not bothered? Do, do that, and then yeah, we're here because we're we're going to the uh, FSA Awards tonight because uh, we're nominated for best club podcast. So um, we've come down to have a nice evening, um, and you know it's just nice to be nominated. We're not really bothered about winning particularly. It'll just be like a good laugh. I thought we were up for British Breakthrough Act. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we're dressed like. Uh, that's my solo stuff. I'm down for on that one. So I don't. I don't want to take credit for that myself. But yeah, so thanks to all the people who like listen, keep listening. I was going to say they didn't do anything. They didn't. Yeah, it's not like they voted for us. Well, I think yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But we'll yeah, we've nominated despite you as a listener. I think. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we've done what. No, thanks for your support. Yeah, yeah. similar episode. Yeah, but like seriously, thanks for your support. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like all the lads as well who. Haven't come down because I can't this evening because uh, it would have been nice to have a few more of the lads down here to enjoy it with us um, and all their hard work. And you know, I'm sure the listeners appreciate everything like Matt and um, Rory and Tom and like in the start, Craig and like Chris, um, who's done another great article on the website today, which is obviously uh, provoked the usual response. So Chris is going to have to move house again. Um, <laughs> 
So we're just all the people over the years who've. And did I say Rory? Obviously, he's allowed. Frankie, obviously. We've all moved on. Mickey, all the people, so thank you. Yeah. And the ones associated with the club aren't allowed to speak yeah, to us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? There you go. Well, that's um, it. Let's, talk about the, let's do what we're supposed to be doing and talk about the match of the weekend. Yeah, well, I don't know. Just finally, all that we could, we could use as a, to let the. Um, let them know that they shouldn't be um, hosting awards in London. Of course, everything there against really. Don't care about them making us travel down here. No. For us to never be lose to Charlton again, probably because yeah, yeah, their podcast's yeah. up for it. So um, it'd be a very familiar feeling for us anyway. So football, game of football the weekend. Sunderland got back to winning ways. Hooray! Um, overall summary and opinions of the of the performance. I thought we looked. It looked a lot more likely in the first half, and that it was very a lot quicker. Um, you know, we'd, we've seen have a good shape and a good idea of what we wanted to do to try and create opportunities. And we'll talk a bit about why that was a bit unusual later, actually, when we come on probably the team more in detail. Um, but yeah, you know, good thinking by Pritchard for the free kick. Sorry for the corner, who's had couple of good games recently so that's really encouraging because we're starting to bit, get a bit worried about you know his impact and obviously an unbelievable strike from from Broadhead and then second half weathered quite literally weathered the storm yeah well I asked for a summary and that's what we got so let's drill down a bit deeper now and in terms of starting with the team selection three set of halves Richard we've spoken about this actually we were speaking about this last week saying this could be an option for him myself and Gareth had that discussion and that's what he's gone for and um, yeah, we'll get it in the second half yeah. but generally the, the team selection and your thoughts on that I think it, it was it was born out of necessity wasn't it with, the, with the, the injuries that we've had and it is very patched up but it looked functional um, without being spectacular and I think we need to be grinding those results out for us to start getting this confidence back and to be playing like we were at the start of the season with, with the zip and the confidence and the swagger that we, that we clearly had we needed results like like Saturdays to to get us back towards there. It's like it's a, it's a process to get back to the confidence that we had. And I think you know the players that we've that we've criticised in the past um, over the last few games. I think they they stood up stood up to the stood up to the test today. I thought uh, on Saturday I thought Gooch played really well um, and Wright, who's been maligned a few weeks in a row. He, I thought I thought you played really well in a in a three. I thought that that suits, that seems to suit him better. Well, we've seen that before, haven't we? Mm. Under Parkinson, he played. That's when he excelled when he played in that position. Yeah, I mean, was it really a three? I mean, it was more like. Gareth's getting all philosophical no, on no, us now. It wasn't. But, well, this was going <laughs> to come on to. So, I would argue. I mean, that was Lyndon Gooch's best game of the season by an absolute stretch, and like. He wasn't in the eleven, so we've kind of stumbled onto this this selection because Evans got injured in the warm up, and the guy who's come in in the last in the last minute has been our best player in that first half, in my opinion. Um, and then it, Doyle was more a left back, and then it was almost like that. Then you had this kind of wing back on the right hand side in Gooch, but it's like, well, if we do more like the back three, Jack Ross did. Yeah. He did that, didn't he? Yeah, but if if Winchester was playing in that area, would he be doing the work that Gooch was doing up and down that side? Well, got, it's complete. Like Winchester gets up and down, but he's a completely different kind of out of position right back to Lyndon Gooch is now out of position right back, and it just 
you know, I would say like most of our attack and movements came from that right hand side through Lyndon Gooch in that first half and he was thought he was really excellent and it was great to see him coming back to form because when he when he's at it he looks like a, a player who could play at a high level. The problem is it's the, the dips. But I thought like generally his final ball was really good, which is always a criticism of him and his work rate and everything was excellent. But it's it's a funny one because if he hadn't if if, if if Evans hadn't got injured in the warm up then we wouldn't have seen him. Yeah, I mean Evans getting injured in the warm up's quite you know, I mean <laughs> Lee Johns would have been sitting there they said backstage there, but not backstage. You know what I mean? Like in the in the changing room or whatever. <laughs> Saying um, maybe that's what they take that, maybe that's what they call it in like the Paul world. Well, it is. Yeah, it, head backstage. It's an entertainment business, so yeah, yeah. why not? Um, thinking like, oh, well, you know, if Evans can just get through this ninety minutes, he's been injured in the warm up. Oh, all oh, right, okay. It's uh, yeah. yeah. It's you have just, to go back to the green room and sit on his own. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I mean. It's probably the same more than we've already said on that. It's something they need to address in January. It looked like a dodgy side, and not in terms of ability, but in terms of his fitness issues and what you're going to get out of him. It looks like that. That's unfortunately um, looking like the way it was. So, goals then um, in the first half. And um, you've mentioned the corner there that um, hit the post, hit the defender, and then went in, which was a good, good, good pierce on the corner. Nice to see that happen. Your thoughts on the equaliser? Sloppy? Um, yeah, I mean... Keeper should have saved it, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should have saved it. Well, it's easy for us to say that, but yeah, he should have, he should have got... He sort of went down in instalments a bit, didn't he, to that one. And, but it wasn't... It was just generally a bit... Didn't get closed down either, quickly enough. Uh, it was just a little... I mean, it was the first time they seemed to inject a little bit of pace into the game. And maybe that caught us a bit off guard because it was we had all the possession, um, really, and we're completely. We got that first goal, and I thought, well, we were playing here. We could get two or three before half time, and then they just scored out of nowhere, really. So it felt a little bit like, oh, here we go again. How we're going to respond to this? So to get back ahead as quickly as we did was, you know, really important. I think because if we'd got the half time at one all and they're attacking us in the second half with that wind blowing that way I think we'd have, we'd have, we'd have struggled to win that game yeah no I, I agree it was, it was it was kind of essential that we responded really quickly um, and it was like it was, it was a testament to the kind of the whole team's uh, game management at that point you know for us to to grind it out and to, to to literally weather the storm for the for you know for the keeper to face all those those four or five corners in a row it felt like in the second half and as the wind was really whipping up um, you know the conditions got worse and I think we dealt with the conditions much better you look at you look at the keeper the distribution for for Hoffman in the second half he get he gets a lot of criticism for his distribution but the the ability to kind of do that, that that kind of low flat kick that that kind of cut through the wind whereas there. Their keeper was uh, the amount of times he looped it up into the sky, and everyone was they doing the ironic chases that looped back kind of ten yards away from where he kicked it. We we seem to deal with that better, um, but the, they had a good go at us in their second half, and we had something to hang on to as well. So yeah, no, well, well, that's it. And as Gareth said there, the, the second goal gave us something to hang on to because it could have been an entirely different story second half, and what a goal it was as well. Broadhead looks a player, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean the, the way he took the ball initially. 
was excellent, like real quality touch. And then he's just put his foot through Annie, but it's like you know, it's it, the, the as soon as it left his foot, he could see exactly where it was going. Um, it was Winchester who took the took the, the man away as well to give him that space to to make the run, but. It was the, the camera angle that we had. Obviously, everyone else had as well. Um, to be right behind it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And you could see how true it was, and that was the very definition of, uh, of the top corner. Uh, it might have even nicked the post on the way in, but it was a perfect, perfect hit. And I just think you, you get that with Broadhead. He's, he's a little bit different uh, to have to have kind of Broadhead and Stewart up top. I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a partnership there. And um, Broadhead, Broadhead's movement for a start, I think, it's miles miles ahead of, of of what we've had at the club in recent years. Maybe not since Madger, the the movement that he can add, just the, the ability to kind of take a ball on a half turn, take a touch out of his feet, and he's he's away from any danger. And the, from from to find the space that he did on Saturday, I thought really impressive. We saw that partnership against Cheltenham at home. And it's two, it's two up front. It's finding a way to get two up front rather than Broadhead being one of the wider in the front three. And I know he's done that as well. But, I mean, this, this sort of new formation you stumble upon allows that a little bit more. But it's encouraging, isn't it? Because then, it, you know, if Stuart does have an off game, although he, he did well in parts, it's important we keep him fit now, Broadhead. Um, it's interesting, actually, with referencing that Cheltenham game, that I felt as all the way we played in this one was very um, was very different to that game the way we've used Broadhead and Stewart together recently I don't feel as though they've struck up a, a partnership in, in playing this way yet they, they feel a little bit, it feels a little bit disjointed it feels a little bit well, almost Stewart's like coming out of the dangerous areas a bit more regularly which you know it's good in some respects because he's good at lots of all round stuff but well, you want him in the poor ball. Yeah, yeah, you want you want him, you know, around the penalty area and getting on the end of things. He hasn't had many chances. Come when we had that one at the weekend where it's good play and he's made a good run. And he's lost his footing, um, which is a shame. But I'm not saying I don't like. He's, I don't think he's out of form as well. I think he's playing. I think he's been our best player by a mile this season in terms of consistency. He's barely had a bad game. I didn't think he had a bad game at the weekend either. It just the ball doesn't seem to be falling I mean, in the penalty penalty area as regularly. It probably it's it just out of the fact we're not creating the chances that we, we were creating in the first 10-12 games of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, a win like this is gonna is gonna boost confidence. Obviously, we'll we'll talk where we, you know, we, we'll have a little bit of a, a look at the bigger picture um, just now, just to wrap up or just to finish talking about the game itself. Um, thoughts on the second half, Richard? I mean, you mentioned there that <coughs> the windows behind Cambridge. I don't I don't know how bad the weather was down there. I didn't get down. I don't think they had it as bad as we did no, no, up in the northeast, where I think naturally you wake up and everybody's people's fences have blew blew off and walls have come down. That's how bad we we got the storms in the northeast. I don't think it was that, but the wind was clearly impacting the game, and um, they are known as a bit of a direct team anyway. So that was it was always going to be difficult, and they didn't concede second half. Yeah, that that that's essential. I thought they might thought they might have conceded. I thought you know if 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 Cambridge were to play the, the direct game and, that, and they had the wind behind them you know one punt from the keeper at the back can feasibly get into the area and someone can get on the end of it you know I thought their, 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 that Matt Smith I thought he was impressive and a bit of a handful it's, and it's, it's just it's just good that we've grounded out and found a different way to win a, a game rather than rather than like kind of completely killing off teams we've, we've, we've had to dig deep and ground grounded result out and sometimes we haven't shown that character Starting to sound like bloody Brendan Rodgers there, but but showing the character that that we've shown, and it, it's impressive because they've had the backs against the wall in recent weeks, and to come up with that kind of battle in the second half, it's 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 it is it, it's a very early it's very early days for for this particular run, but it's, I think it's really, it's really important that that we did that today. Was Sunderland allowing Cambridge to? constantly keep the ball coming back because the, the attacks kept breaking down in the same way whether it be the keeper coming out punching it or not enough quality on the final ball or do you think Sullivan were giving up a little bit too much possession in the middle part was it, was it by follow design that do you think I think it's difficult to know and I think unless you're out there and I think the fact the pattern of the game with both halves flowed towards that goal wasn't um, wasn't coincidental I think like if you were going to be like mega cynical, you might say, "Well, how good, how well did we play in the first half?" Because was that advantage so important to be kicking towards that that end? So, you know, I, but I, I think that would be harsh because I think we did move the ball a lot better. But we we probably had confident our confidence up because we we, we did have so much of the ball in in their final third. Um, but I think, say, defensively, you know, we've been so meek in the last sort of month, six weeks. You know, the kind of goals being conceded, and you know, especially the ones at Rotherham, prime example where we got bullied. Um, you know, this week it was a good, you know, good test. Um, you know, and to be able to stand up there. Stand up to it, in, you know, no matter the quality of the opposition. A big yeah. win, big win from as well, because oh, yeah. a, you know, weeks a long time in football, and we were rightly, and some of the fans were rightly pissed off that they drew a game of football against the side in the relegation zone. When you're winning the game and they go down with ten men, and they've showed nothing up until that point to suggest they can trouble you, or that they should be troubling you, and. You can only put it down to well, complacency tactics, few different things you can put put down to. But we needed that win because suddenly it's seven and nine, seven points out of nine now. That that's it. I said in the uh, 
the newsletter that goes out on, on Friday is that please subscribe to that yes please do yeah somebody unsubscribed on Friday I was like, absolutely <laughs> furious it's like, maybe because of what you're about to you've gone the wrong, you've gone the wrong way that's not what I wanted <laughs> but um, no so I said on Friday is that the optics change with that with that win because one win in eight becomes seven points from a possible nine especially going into the run of games that we've got now we've got was a three home game home league games on the bounce now so so that's a, it's a real opportunity to kind of sit back after that little streak and go you know before we go to Arsenal or before we uh, yeah yeah before we go to Arsenal we've, we've got that kind of there's a real opportunity to get quite a lot of points in the bank like your maximum points almost and it, it will get us back on track three home games like you say there we will just apologise that you know because we're not you know, because we're, we're out and about and gallivanting in central London, uh, we aren't going to be able to edit this as thoroughly as we normally would. So they might just drop an advert in in any random place where it sees a gap. We could be tactical and say, let's not speak for a second and a half. I don't know how, I don't know how it works. On, on the it just looks for a gap and drops it in, doesn't it, if you don't do your own, I think. It doesn't look for the longest gap, though. Does it not? Does it not? It'll, it'll, it'll drop a gap like when you're halfway through a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that one. Yeah, like that one. Yeah, that was deliberate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'll, you'll get like, I know Asger in Southfield, that's what I'm getting at the moment. Every every ad break is Asger in Southfield. Um, it annoys me because you call it Southfield, which is not how we call it. So, so what do we call it? Southfield. Oh, so you, 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 you mean uh, the intonation on the, on the word, well, yeah. yeah. It'd be great if the advert was between the South and the Shields. <laughs> if that's happened, then at any point, it'd be absolutely yeah. That's interesting because people from Sunderland, when we talk about Newcastle and they put the intonation on the new, and people from Newcastle say Newcastle, and uh, people from down south say Newcastle, so there you go. I think it's because they can't speak properly in Newcastle. Well, possibly, yeah. Well, it's certainly not Newcastle. It's new. The word new is clear, isn't it? So it should be Newcastle, but that's enough. That's enough for them anyway. Right. Three home games in a row. We've got, uh, obviously, Oldham before that. Um, Four home games in a row. Four home games, if you include, like, the non-league game, obviously, the cup game. Um, I mean... This is our trophy to defend this, isn't it? But with the injuries stacking up, if ever there's a season we could really do without it. We've been there and we've done it now, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, you could say we could do without the League Cup as well, but that's a different kettle of fish now. We've got a kind of a nice, nice little... I could do without it because I'm worrying about what's coming. And... <laughs> but it's nice, nice little away day and it's, you know, nice to, nice to go to a stadium where you don't have to walk through someone's garden to get, get your seat. Um, it's maybe a reminder of you know what, what could lie ahead. Getting beat seven 0 off somebody in the Premier League. <laughs> but that's <laughs> a great reminder. You were once there. Let's strive and get that back. Yeah, we've won the football league trophy now. Can we not just like just just declare? Just like let someone else have it. Well, that's what I mean. Well, I mean, I, I, what normally you would say we have won it, and you, you've been. You've been on about this, guys, since you come down and say, no, you feel like a club Sunderland size should be winning that trophy while they're down here and when they inevitably get promoted. Because we will eventually at some point. Um, you know, you've ticked both boxes. So I would normally say, yeah, we've done it now. We've ticked that box. Let's just entirely write it off. But I guess the fact that no fans were allowed at Wembley puts a little bit of a different spin on this because we brought the Wembley hoodoo, but nobody was there to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, um, you know, desperate to win that tournament. But if you get through what this, what, how many rounds remaining? 
There's four games left. No idea. Um, well, maybe five. Lots of blank five. expressions. Nobody knows. Um, I mean, I, w- I would say you know you would select that side tactically at this stage, and then if you get there, if you get to that quarterfinal. Maybe that stage you go right. We've got this far. Semi-finals for me before you start it. Before oh, you okay. start it, yeah. Fair, well, yeah. fair enough. I'd, well, yeah. the, the, the premise is the same. I think maybe this year that's what we'll be doing. Oh, uh, all about terrible, aren't they? I think they'll just sack the manager again. Haven't they? Got about ten yeah. managers in three years. years or something. Yeah. Uh, I think three years. I think they've gone double figures. Really? Yeah. Um, now then. Joe, Joe no idea. You should know better than expecting that level of research, Richard. No idea. Absolutely no idea. Of course, if you want to about see levels of research, you can listen to the um, <laughs> the, fi- the final preview pod that we did for the first time we're in the final. Obviously, the, with uh, Matthew, he did a great job of explaining absolutely nothing that happened on the road the one way that time. Um, it was a great opportunity to, to, to do some of the level of podcasting that we, we can achieve. The best thing about that last, last year's Oldham was it Oldham that we played that they had the gym in the uh, the main stand. And there were no fans were allowed in, but the fans like, there's a couple of our lot went into the well, gym. Brother, brother. <laughs> no, I, was like, I didn't want to name names, but <laughs> he's turned, turned up with his gym towel. <laughs> Had a 90-minute workout, but no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm kind of writing it off. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not that bothered about it. I think it's, it may be fine now. To, you know, get a few youngsters in the team, and and you know, I'm looking. If we do get to the final, that's going to come at totally the wrong time. It's going to give us another. Game in hand to make up. That's crucial in, in March, April time. So, we don't need it. Sorry. They've had eight managers, all of them, since 2018. So, Richie Wellens, Frankie Bone, that's not a real name. Pete Wilde, that's not a real name either. Paul Scholes, Pete Wilde again. Uh, Laurent Bernard, Nuruddin Mamaria, Harry Q. Really glad you're doing this, Steve. And Keith Curl. Eight managers in three years. That Marmaria guy is like. They uh, must have a new one because I can't see him. Um, he's at Burton now with uh, Jimmy Floyd. Oh That's yes, yes, yes. Dino I know you mean. Yeah. yeah. He's quite a popular chap there. I think they've got massive issues with. I mean, not an, like analyze all of them. I mean, the game is in too much depth, um, but they have got big issues off the field with the ownership, etc. So. Yeah, it's quite a turbulent uh, place to be, I think. So they've got that lad uh, Balambula, I think it is, for a centre midfielder, who is quite. A, I think he went up to Middlesbrough and had a, a trial, um, even though he was still contracted to. to all That's them. very 1980s, isn't it? But he yeah. did, and they didn't decide. Bournemouth decided not to take. That's his crop then. Well, <laughs> well he that. won't be playing because they're not going to put a full strength team out anyway. Look at those. The list of all the managers over the last sort of 15 years, and Lee Johnson's names just jumped out at us. And oh, Joe Royal went back in 2009. Can you remember that? No. Because Joe Royal was obviously, you know, all of them were in the Premier League. The first ever Premier League, I, I believe. Um, and they were always sort of, they were always like punched above the way and they got the FA Cup semi-final one year, didn't they? And Joe Royal was the manager then, wasn't he? And uh, I just noticed that Joe Royal, of which Matt Keelan is the... Um, Sunderland fan club chairman um, went back in 2009 who knew but anyway Matt, Matt, Matt did, he probably did yeah he probably did. did 
Um, next three home games then, I mean, we, 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 we'll be back, obviously, for the, the preview show later in the week, and Matt will, will um, look at the game against Oxford in, in more detail. But, you know, we said this last week again, fans haven't been a part of any problem with Sunderland's form. Six out of seven games in the league, they've won at home. So, really, three home games, they should be licking the lips of that, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, the Oxford game will be a really tough one. Um, I mean, as far as streaky teams go, in the time we've been down here, you'd have to say Oxford are, like, the ultimate streaky team. They look like they're, like, you know, they're unbeatable and then they'll not win for eight games, then they'll go on the run where they win eight and nine and all that, so... That's going to be a hard game, and they got a point against uh, Rotherham, um, who are look head and shoulders above everybody else. Rotherham, really. So, you know, the more the thing is, though, it's like talking about how big a win the Cambridge uh, game was, and you think at the start of the season you shouldn't be looking at games like the Cambridge game and going fuck. Oh, we needed boy did we need that sort of thing should you I mean it, you should be like ticking that box and going yeah that's them like three points there no problem I know it's not as simple as that um, but it's a bit I think the fact that we're still looking at these games that coming up and really again you want seven at least seven points from your next three games because we've lost a bit of ground, and you want to get, you want to get ahead. Keep always keep yourself ahead of the game. Don't you? We've 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 been playing catch up so many times since we've been down here, and thinking, oh well, we've got this game in hand, and if we if we win that one, you know, we need to get we need to get ahead of the game. Get it like you know, it's like you know in cricket where you've got a big total of chase, you got a head run rate, and it gets easier. That's what we need to do. Don't leave yourself with too much to do at the end of the innings. You got you've got to get ahead of the you got to get ahead of that run rate and and sort of you know win the game early sort of thing. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to make sure that we're going into the you know the last 10, 15 games of the season in a situation where we're not looking at games in hand. Well, if we win, then we'll be top. You know, we need to make sure. Got, we've got some if we're going to make mistakes we've still we can recover it rather than every game being the be all and end all three home games now need to put the foot down I think against against Oxford I mean against a team like Oxford I know it's not a criticism at all but sometimes as fans we kind of struggle to get up for games like, like Oxford like a, like a Shrewsbury or like any of the the, the teams that come to us like you can't really get excited about it. it's not a glamour as such but what went on what went on off the pitch last season with, with Robinson and the and elbow gate and all of that you know Carl Robinson threatening to call the police and, and all, all of that <laughs> I think that's probably going to work in our favour so it's going to create this little it's going to create this little off the, off the pitch subplot and there's going to be a little bit of an atmosphere straight away um, that, that could that give us a lift I think See, Oxford seem like they dislike us for some reason anyway I've always I've always got that vibe from them since we've come down here like these some of these clubs try to create this fake rivalry where we genuinely don't care about them and uh, there's always been needle in those Oxford games. Yeah, it's quite, it's, it's quite funny. Just quite funny because, like, not in a month of Sundays would we consider that to be some kind of rivalry. It's the same as Wigan, and that's not that's not a criticism against it's the Madrox Derby. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely is. We're not allowed to talk about. We're not allowed to talk about them. <laughs> if you want to know more about Madrox and uh, keep 
read Chris Weatherspoon's piece on the uh, on the website today. Um, but don't break his windows or call the police. Just read, just read it. Steward, take it. Take it for what it is, and um, and then you know, obviously the Rawa meetings uh, tomorrow night. So hopefully there'll be some, you know, some uh, answers to, to all that kind of stuff. But anyway, sorry. He was wearing a three years out of date training kit. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Relax. Relax, Chris. Anyone else got anything to add? Because. Uh, we need we need a, a top up at the bar, and um, logistically it's not going to work. One of us just disappearing to do that, so we'll, we'll wrap things up. Nothing. No, 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 no. Thanks for all your support, as as we've always said, and thanks for listening. Matt will be back later on in the week, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Who are the lads? <laughs>the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market